0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Cause I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read did PG-13. Another week of the NFL season means another shot at winning big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say that's a no-brainer. If a sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 150 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. NFL Sunday. Oh, I tell you, in my football pool at work, dead last last week I finished. Yep, 38 people. Dead last. I mean, every week they give out, like, if you, you know, win the week, you get 100 bucks, whatever. I, I think I should have got, I should have got 100 for losing. It's hard, it's just as hard to lose, isn't it? Oh, I have, most of the time, you know, I do okay. I, I win a week or two, you know, I'm kind of middle of the pack. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but, cause we've been doing this for years. But this year, no, I'm sitting basically in the cellar. I'm in like the top, box. you know, the, the five of us in the basement are like swip, switching spots each week. It's like, I cannot get a handle on the season. I don't know. Up is down and down is sideways. And it's like, I don't get it, you know, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I, you know, I started off with Tampa Bay over Philly. We got, well, I mean, everyone got that one, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, oof, I have no clue. Anyway, I'm sure everybody tuned in to listen to my football pool. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you when March Madness is on. Do you want to hear about my bracket? <laughs> but thank you for tuning in, and uh, you know, uh, I'm sure as as the uh, uh, the stats show. I mean, m- many of you are mostly listening Monday morning. Um, you know, back to work, back to the grind. Whether you're driving into town or driving to work staring at your dashboard hoping to hit the lottery or uh, riding the train or r- walking to work whatever your uh, commute may be uh, hopefully for the next 30 45 minutes I can take you away you know we'll uh, close your eyes and watch the sights and the sounds as they fly through the air and we'll keep you in inter- try to keep you entertained or maybe not. Inter- at least busy, <laughs> but uh, what are we gonna talk about today, boys and girls? Maybe some uh, some old school talk. Well, there's gonna be some new school. Uh, there'll be new school bitching and old school discussion. It could be a t-shirt. A few t-shirts going around. I'll talk about that in a second. But I think we'll talk about uh, you know the league, the first suspension, and the we fir- We're crying already. Uh, players get traded and forgetting their roles. Um, another best in the West poll from 1989-90. Um, those, of course, are the player and coaches voted on poll that they used to do in the Western Hockey League. And uh, they they used to do it in divisions. And the Regina paper would do the best in the East. And it turns out the Victoria paper, when they had the Cougars, would do. That's where the origin. That's where the origins of the best in the West poll came from. Now, of course, Victoria moved to Prince George and uh, we're trying to track down the newspaper that covered it after that. But anyway, and then also, um, which is sort of becoming a very popular uh, segment on the Sunday shows is the myth versus reality portion of the show. And uh, of course last Sunday, the topic was Troy Crowder and uh, who a lot of heat that got got a lot of heat. Uh, Yeah. So, um, today, this, this, today's topic will be, uh, it'll be interesting. Little, um, it is the, I was going to say mythical, but it did happen. So I it guess it's that a myth. Classy will yawn on the air. Uh, it's, it's early Saturday morning when I'm recording this actually didn't work today. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, I guess it'd be the famous playoff fight that has gone down in lore. It's become basically David versus Goliath part two. Um, the Wendell Clark, Marty McSorley playoff battle, and, uh, we'll dissect that, we'll get to the truth, folks, that's what we do here, and, uh, spit facts, because I'll, I will say this, and, and I'm completely, and hopefully at this point, if you're a regular listener, you know this about me, and if you're new here, well, you're gonna learn, uh, quickly, that there are no favorites on this show, um... Like I don't have a favorite team or a favorite what I don't give a shit. It's all I'm is I am strictly a very neutral observer, and if a guy that I I like, which is going to come up here, does some stupid shit, I'll say he does some stupid shit. So I can't always pick on people I don't like, and have play favorites. So we won't do that around here. You'll get the straight scoop, the honest, uh, honest honesty here at the show. Or at least how I see it anyway. But, because uh, yeah, I don't, I, again, and it's true. I don't have a favorite team. I don't have, like, sp- well, today, I don't, I barely even watched today's sports. I can give a shit about it. But, um, no, I don't have a favorite team. I don't have a favorite player, whatever. So this is all just, I look at an incident and break it down. And uh, and same with these myths and whatever. And um, Yeah. Like I said with last week, I mean, I took a lot of heat with the Troy Crowder thing. I don't have anything against Troy Crowder. That's just how I see it. Now apparently others didn't see it that way, and that's cool. We had a we're having discussions about it. It's all good. Um But yeah, and I said at the start, it's this isn't some indictment of Troy Crowder and fuck that guy or anything. Like, no, I don't have anything against him. Um Yeah. No, that's just how I, that's how I saw the situation and, uh, and you got my opinion on it for what that's worth and whatever. And just like everything else it's going to talk about on this episode. So anyway, get that disclaimer out of the way. Um, well, first we'll start with, um, uh, we'll get the sponsor, we we'll get the guys to pay the bills, pay me, pay me to talk to you. I know. Can you believe someone actually does that? Don't, here, don't say anything though. We'll. We'll keep the con alive here. <laughs> Hopefully they don't realize for at least hope until after Christmas and they realize what's going on. No, in all seriousness, uh, member of the hockey podcast network. There's over 55 shows in the network. Um, all the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Uh, of course they're, you know, with the season starting and there, all the shows are rolling and, uh, you'll find, uh, like I said, whatever team you're a fan of, um, there's probably a show or two or three. Um, I know on the network there's, um, there's a couple teams that have multiple shows, so yeah, check those out. For my uh, off-network friends, of course, we got uh, uh, down in Florida there, part-time only, You know, I don't know, he might release an episode yeah, at some point before Christmas, I bet. But uh, no, I will. I won't knock it to him too. He's kind of going through a, a bit of a frustrating time. I uh, had a cup, had some dudes bail on him and stuff, and I and I've been in that boat, and I. And I think he uh a little discouraged right now, and um yeah, and I don't blame him i've been in i like i said i've been there uh there's nothing more frustrating than setting up times and uh the times that the, the 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 guy chose, and then he decides to ghost you with no explanation and no replies and uh I don't know to me, that's really bush and um yeah, I mean it's just like like do you do that in regular life? Like set up something and then just, yeah, you know, I'll just no show. I won't even say anything. Like have some, take some responsibility. Like, and I, and I've have, Hey, and I know there's players that listen to this show. Uh, and, you know, if someone contacts you to do a show and you don't want to do it, just say you don't want to do it. Trust me. No one care. Like there'll be a lot more, um they might be disappointed, but they respect a lot more, that you just said no up front and everybody can go on about their day and he can and the host can go on looking for other guests because there's a, there's a deadline and you want to get things done. And you don't have time. I'm, I'm now I'm sticking from my point of view, I, Wednesday Sundays are my episodes. I don't have time to dick around with you telling me, "Hey, sure thing, bro, Tuesday at 5." And all of a sudden Tuesday you're in the wind. Well, I have to in less than 24 hours I got to upload a show. Which was supposed to be your episode, but now you're gone. So now you, now I'm scrambling to find a guest. And it's really frustrating when if you didn't want to do it, just say no to begin with and we can all go on and look for other people. And Alec is going through that. I'm not going to say the guys, the player's name, whatever, but it's, and, uh, but it's just Bush, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, just say you don't want to do it then. Or just hey, I can't right now, but when I'm free, I'll give you a time. Yeah, hey, that's it. Respect. Let's move on. Like, show some fucking respect. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it, and I've and I've and for been doing this for two and a bit years. I've over and over again that's happened, and it's just like what what like it, like I don't know I if, like. In in work and business, and am I pro? I don't, I've never, I don't, I've never done that to anybody, and I, and I don't know how do you succeed? Like, how do you do this to people? Okay, yeah, they're strangers, so yeah, fuck them, (laughs) you know, okay, but I mean, you know, I don't know, should have some respect for people, you know, when it's simple, yes, no, and if you, if you make a date. When you set the time up, be there at that time. And if you can't make it, you send a text or a phone call. Got a little hung up at work, whatever. Had to take Johnny to hockey. I mean, okay, life goes... I mean, there's life problems too. We all have them. But then you reschedule and you honor the rescheduling. It's not hard. I. Why am I saying this? I, but I, if I, you literally have to talk to some of these people like they're fucking 10 years old. Like, what are we doing? So, whatever, I mean, so, to get back to Alec, I mean, you know, and I felt bad for him, man, like, I'm like, hey, I can, I'll come on, I mean, I'm sure no one really wants to listen to, to me on his show, I mean, they, you know, but, you know, I, I understand, the fr- I completely get the frustration, so, yeah, so hopefully, I mean, he'll be back, and he'll have guests, and whatever, and, and that's the other thing, and again, it's something I've mentioned before, and Joe has as well, I mean, I've actually, I think the last episode we talked about it, but it's just, um, uh, it, it's funny how the guests go in waves. There's sometimes you'll have two or three interviews already recorded and done, and holy shit, I'm covered for the month. We're good to go, and you know everything's a fucking box of fluffy ducks. But then other times, I mean, you you can't even get a guy to return a text message. Not the fact that they said yes and did shit, but just it just to get an interview in general. It's like oh, can't right now, or I'll get back to you, or I'll get back to you. Basically, means fu- a polite way of saying fuck off. Um. You know, and it's just like you can't get anybody and it's a struggle and it's weird and it's just it's strange how it goes in waves. It really does. So like right now I'm recording on Saturday. Well, my next episode is and my interview shows on Wednesday. I don't have anybody lined up. I have a few guys that we're trying. I'm trying to work a time out with but there's nothing concrete. So really, by the time you're listening to this on Sunday, yeah, I have, I basically have 48 hours less than to get something recorded and uploaded, so, yeah, it's, it's a struggle, and you're, and, you know, anytime, if they were just solo episodes like this shit, I could bang this shit out every second day, no problem, because you're not relying on anybody, it's just, uh basically, it's just up to you to come up with topics, but, uh, when you're relying on, on, on the, on strangers, it's not even like a co-host, where you both have made a decision to do a show, no, this is like a stranger, in a lot of cases, and, uh, you're trying to work with their schedule too. It's yeah, it's tough. And I think, and yeah. And I, and for the listener, I mean, you, I mean, if you, if you've never done a podcast, you're not, you, you don't know, right. You just hear the finished product, you know, so I've just let you know it's, it's a grind, you know, and, uh, and you make, a, and in my case, I've made a commitment to do two shows a week, which is tough, but that was my commitment at the start. Um, and I honor that commitment as best I can. I think I've only missed one show, two shows, I think. Uh, so in like two year, a year and a half. So I think a pretty good track record and, uh, both were extenuating circumstances. So, um, you know, but at the same time, look around here, I try to do Wednesday as an interview show and then Sundays, you know, whatever this is, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so I do my best, and I, there's been a, a bunch of Wednesdays. It's just been me again, and because something happened or what have you. So, but I always try to bring out an episode. But it is frustrating when you want to when you want to because I think as as listeners, I think um, there's a certain level of expectation that's come that there's going to be an interview on Wednesday. I mean, with someone. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying it always has to be players, but an interview and uh, you know I try. I'm trying, guys. I'm really trying. But uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, yes, with Alec, uh, I understand, it. and he's uh, and he's and he's pissed about it, and I don't blame him. And it can get real. You start to wonder, like, what am I doing this for? And uh, yeah, I get it. I get it, man. But in the meantime, if he doesn't have a show, you should check out his back catalog if you haven't, because his back catalog is awesome. Uh, by Lois, Yablonski, Rob Ray, um, you know, Jason Bone, Sean Pete, on and on. Uh, great guests, and uh, definitely Alec does a great job. Check out his show, Five for Fighting podcast, and uh, yeah. Also, he was the creator of the Enforcer Appreciation Group on Facebook. It's got over twelve thousand members. If you're on Facebook, sign up. Um, lots of video sharing, pictures, stories, that type of thing. It's, it's as close as the old, as close to the old message boards as you're going to get. Um for the for the old timers listed, the old fried chicken days and uh hockeyfights.com before they screwed that site up. Um yeah, with the old message boards and what have you. So um it so yeah, definitely check out the group. But uh speaking of old message boards and everything else, yes, the past episode uh on Wednesday, and of course this show that I always talk about, Jolt and Joel Lazito, give me the Lazito. It wasn't give me the, we got the Lazito. Sorry about that, folks. Phone call I'm mogling over here. Which baby is that? What's your angle? I'll buy that. Um, so Jolton Joe, yeah, made a made his uh, debut. I guess I should I take that back. Well, maybe debut on this form, but no. I had uh, I had Joe on my show on Wednesday, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, Joe was a contributor back in the day to the Tough Guy magazines. So I uh, I got him to uh, grab one of the old magazines. Turned out to be. 95 96 rankings and we discussed his top his 25 His uh, top 25 rankings from that issue and I'm, I'm sure joe felt like he was back on uh, the fried chicken message board getting ripped on um But it was a lot of fun and I always enjoy having joe on certainly will not be the last time I have him on I, I definitely want to do another one of those episodes with the magazines. I always enjoyed those uh, or I enjoyed that and uh, no, it was great to have joe on and uh but Joe also has his own show, of course, the Coliseum Chronicles. It is a New York Islander-based uh, enforcer podcast. And again, he's had Mick Fakoda on, Dean Ewan, Strudwig Asham. Um, great great back catalog of guests. Um, yeah, and uh, he had just wrapped up his uh, two parts with uh, legendary minor league tough guy, Rick Hayward. Uh, definitely check that out. Great guest. Lots of fun. Um... Yeah, it was. Uh, now I feel bad. I didn't have I didn't have Rick in the uh, minor league mayhem tournament uh, this year, so he'll have to get in next year. But no, I've seen some of his IHL stuff from back in the day. I'm not completely, uh, you know, I not only have seen every Rick Hayward bout that there is, but uh, I remember being entertained by him in the in the old IH, 90s IHL footage that I saw. So and a tough dude, and uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a guy I'm going to go down the rabbit hole on and definitely try to. Uh, collect some more uh, footage, and uh, and check out, but I uh, really enjoyed his interview, but yeah, Jolton Joe, uh, it was great to have on, and uh, yeah, he, uh, like I said, great show, great guest, um, tremendous back catalog, Joe's thorough, he's got merchandise, like I said, he's the, the lord of Long Island, uh, you wear some Lazito gear, doors will open for you in New York, New York, and uh, you know, Central Park will get a little greener. The the village will get a little more villagey I don't even know what I'm saying at this point, but Get some merchandise and like we always say uh, Christmas is around the corner. You can get uh, you could get orders some Joe's balls um, You know hang those on your tree his Yule logs uh, You know so all that fun stuff but well, actually, and if you're looking to get Joe something, probably a new uh, new dining room table. I mean, his, uh, you know, his Buffalo Bills keep winning, and they keep jumping through furniture. So right now, I mean, they're eating uh, they're eating the big ZD off the floor right now, sitting on the floor. They got no tables. So uh, yeah, if anybody wants to pick up Joe something, maybe we could all you know put in a couple bucks for an IKEA gift card or something. But uh, yeah, his bills keep doing it. Although I it's good if it was his ride, if the riders had to win to break tables, Joe you'd have a lot of tables the way they're going. I should have bet you. how about the stamps pitching a two win two two and zero against them this year. So there's a lot of watermelon watermelon smashing and table smashing going on in the Lazito house right now. So But yes, Coliseum Chronicles, Joe Lazito, great guest, great show, check it out. But uh Yes. Oh, and if you happen to be on YouTube, uh, check out the 4th Line Voice on YouTube. Over 2,500 videos. All the videos are sorted. Whatever league you're looking for, just type in NHL, AHL, WHL, what have you. It'll come up. Just uploaded uh, what Was it, about six fights the other night. A couple Serge Roberge fights. Um, a, a Frank Littlejohn fights Some Jason Bone stuff uh, from the United League, from the old BC Iceman days. Um, yeah. Give it it a look-see. Also, 4th Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook, if you are so inclined. But uh, let's get into the show. Um, Well, uh, first and foremost, so Capitals and Rangers, last year everybody knows what happened. Wilson throws Panarin around, and oh, it's at the end of the season, and everybody's up in arms, that the Rangers need to do something. the next game back, of course... It was a Brendan Smith, someone val- val- valiantly tried to fight Tom Wilson to no avail. So it's, oh, we're going to make a trade. All right, and they managed to go out and get the toughest, arguably the toughest guy in the league in Ryan Reeves. And, oh, and he's going to straighten shit out. Unfortunately, Reeves kind of got hurt in the preseason a little bit, but, but fortunately it wasn't serious. And he was back for opening night against Washington. Oh, holy shit, here we go, and everybody's, at their look at their chops and oh they, oh this is gonna be goddamn Alberta Calgary or Calgary and Edmonton in 85 oh you know oh this is gonna be rivalry night and this is gonna be outstanding and Wilson's gonna get it and on and on and read blah 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 and it's five the final is five one for Washington nothing happens and you could hear a mouse piss on cotton the whole night so great statement there Revo. What are we doing? And I again, this goes back to what I was saying at the start of the show. I like Ryan Reeves, but fuck, man. They trade for you to do this shit. And I'm not saying, oh, you should have jumped in the bench and, you know, whatever. I get that it's not 1985 anymore. I get it. So for those, those sitting there like, oh, what is he supposed to do? Well, something. First of all, just grab a motherfucker. Well, that who's the coach? Why wouldn't you put him out? Somebody said that that him and Wilson even see the ice together. Like, I mean, I get like I where was the game anyway? Whatever. Like, I get last change and all that, but I mean, holy shit! Why would you not get him out there against Wilson? Really? And then of course there's video of Reeves and o- Ovi at the at the face off, and oh, they're they're just having a gay old time chatting away and whatever. It's like, really, Reeves? Why would you not rough up their star player just like they roughed up yours? Like, like that's how far gone hockey is. How do you... And I'm, I'm laughing at some of these fucking Capital fans. Oh, yeah, he knows not to mess with Ovi. Again, this <laughs> fucking delusion that Ovechkin's tough. Oh, you know what? Like, he's a great player and everything. Obviously, Hall of Fame player, arguably the greatest goal scorer. But Ovechkin's a bitch. He's a bitch. Like, I, I think he has the same amount of career fights as Gretzky does. For all his running around and hitting and his bullshit cheap shot shit. Never answers the bell. He's a bitch. And before anybody, oh, he knocked out that one guy last year. Oh, it was some 18 year old Russian kid that had never, that had literally never been in a fight in his life. Oh, good job, Ovi. You really took a round out of him. Okay. All of a sudden, that that lays claim to Ovi's the baddest dude in the league. Like, he's a bitch. But how does Reeves not, like, rough him up? Take a couple. It's the first game of the year against your apparent arch rivals. Take a couple penalties, slapping people around. Make a statement that the Rangers aren't going to take it anymore. Grab Wilson, even if he doesn't want to fight. It's the visual of it. Give him a few fucking shots and he'll go down and turtle or he fights you, which is the which is the goal to begin with. Or you smack him a couple times and he goes down. Well the visual is he's a bitch, then. And you stand over top of him and parade around like the peacock and take the piss out of him. No, nothing. Oh you threw a few hits and did some talking, but nothing. Well, you know. Like, don't worry. Oh, well, he would have got suspended. He would have got one or two games. Who gives a shit? One or two games. Oh, what? Oh, he misses the game against Carolina. You know, like, like all of a sudden is that, like, oh, Reeves is out of the lineup. Oh, fuck, there goes the power play. Like, no, that's what you're there for. Make a statement. Like, all this shit on and on. I just laugh reading these bad, oh, tough hockey. back, it you off. Know fuck you fucking delusional tough hockey these guys don't know how to play tough hockey (laughs) they don't know how oh and if it's not man up oh we have to have the code and the respect and you know there's going to be honor and all this fucking bullshit you're playing for the fucking logo fuck the honor fuck oh what so a bunch of fucking idiots on a fight message board oh I love the respect oh god like, just pathetic. Fucking send a message. It was funny, because somebody put a video up, and it was Keith the uh, playing with the Jets, and he was playing L.A., and he takes Gretzky into the boards. A little bit late, but it wasn't like some vicious hit. He rubbed him out and knocked him down. Of course, Wayne's a buck 75, so he goes on his ass. He wasn't hurt or anything. But, you know, it was, it, and it was a clean hit. It wasn't dirty. And it wasn't super hard, but, he, you know, knocked him down and whatever. It was, it was, I I think it was the same shift. I think somebody yelled, change, and here comes Marty. McSorley goes right over to Tachuk, and just fucking, he hits him, they run into each other, they have a collision, and then Marty glove punches him. Like it wasn't some Mike tyson night shot, but it was a message to Tachuk that, enough, fucking around. See, now today's guy, oh, they'd go over, and instead of hitting Tachuk, they'd find the other tough guy, and so it'd be respectful like this is how fucking diluted everything is. It's just pathetic, and that's the thing. Without the enforce, there is no enforce. There there is no enforcer anymore. Like there isn't, and these guys now don't know how to do it. And it's whether the league has handcuffed them or not. They don't know how to perform the role. These idiot fans yelling the code. They don't fucking you know. They don't know whether to, when it comes to that shit, fuck, when it comes to that shit, are you serious? They don't know whether to whine their ass or scratch their watch. Like, they don't know. but It's just, it's gotta be respectful, cause I have my violent gentleman's shirt. You know, and then you get all these ex-players fucking talking about some fucking code. Like, what? I have the fight DVD, so I don't know what you guys are dreaming about. Like, you never took a shot at a guy or whatever. No, you did the job. These guys have no clue how to do the job. So, whatever. There you go. And not only that, then Washington comes in and just beats the shit of you, too. 5 1. So, yeah, you, know, you showed them you didn't do fuck all in retaliation and they kicked the shit of you. Oh, great debut. Awesome. You showed them, boy. Oh, and then, of course, the other night. Oh. Uh, with Tampa and Detroit, oh, Larkin, oh, the NHL's already started a one game, one game suspension for a gloved love tap in the face, oh. So Larkin, and was it Joseph or whoever, is going for the puck, and he, yeah, he hit Larkin from behind. Again, don't put yourself in that fucking position, but these players don't know that either. Somebody put up the uh, Mike Bossie, uh Learn for Kids uh VHS tape and in that section is how to protect yourself against the boards. They should maybe play that at all the team meetings, at the start of the year. Oh, everyone. Oh, they even stop and turn into the boards. They duck and go into the board. Oh, everything. I guess that's, the, here's the result of the stop sign generation on the jersey. You know? But also Larkin goes in. The guy hits him. I, mean, whatever. Larkin gets up and as the guy skates by, he punches him with his glove on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's about as hard as my fucking, you know, my niece is fighting the backyard. Oh, but of course, Joseph goes down. Like, all of a sudden, there's a, you know, it was a, a Mike Ty- It was a Tyson Fury, like, left hand or something. Like, oh, give it a rest. Whatever. And then everybody, well, see, that's a sucker punch. There's no respect there. Okay, well, first of all, the guy hits you from behind. So, at that point, do I have to, you have to go tap him on the shoulder? Excuse me, sir, I didn't appreciate the, the hit. And, uh... Drop your gloves and let's have a, a a fistic duel. That's what he should have done. You fucking idiots! He hits you from behind. Now, whether you put yourself in that position or not, eh, whatever. It's a fast game. He hits you from behind. First of all, the Joseph, the dude, the guy that got punched, he knows it's coming. He he's been around. He's a big boy. He's been around the game long enough. As pathetic as this version of it is, he's been around long enough to know if he throws that hit, there is going to be some pushback on him. And, oh, look, the guy I hit's getting up. Do you think he might do something to me? So, I, I, I laugh at all these people. They talk about these places. Oh, he didn't even see it come. Like, all of a sudden, it's this fucking babe in the woods routine. Oh, he didn't even know. No, see, you didn't know because you've never fucking played a sport in your life and you're sitting on your couch eating Doritos. You might not have. Oh, I can't believe he did it. Well, no. Anyone has been around knows he was going to. Well, you'd hope he would do it. Shit, you just got hit from behind. And the guy who did the hit should know it's coming. So, oh, sucker punch. And then the one guy on the Twitter was very reminiscent of the Bertuzzi thing with the sucker punch. What do you, what what do you, and then, oh, I suppose you condone Chris Simon hitting a hallway with a stick because he was running around. Okay, what do these three incidents have? There's They have nothing in common, so I don't know what you're fucking rambling about. And maybe we'll do that myth and reality next week, the Bertuzzi Moore thing. Because, oh, explain this to me. How is it a sucker punch when you tell the guy you're going to do it? When in Bertuzzi's case, multiple times. That's taxing the very definition of the word sucker, is it not? So no, just like Joseph here, like he might not have known Larkin was going to punch him with his gloves on. He probably thought he was going to grab him for, but he knows something's coming. So enough of the fucking babe in the woods shit. And even that, it's, it's fucking Dylan Larkin. Well, how hard's he gonna hit you? Really? And then the NHL, gives, just give him some minor penalties and let's get on with life. Oh, suspension for this, it's suspension for that. Of course, all the Red Wing fans are crying and all this. And it, No, they should have suspended Joseph for 10 games so he'd learn. Oh, yeah. And then some, what fucking loser t-shirt company comes out with a t-shirt that says, uh, what is it? Player safety, my ass. Who would wear that shirt and think it's cool? Like, believe me, I saw the pictures and the people talking about it. Those are about the most uncool douchebags I've ever seen. Really? You're gonna, you know what's, you know what's interesting? As Mike Rupp pointed out last year, do you know who doesn't cry about player safety? The fucking players! It's always these douche fans that oh, George. That's what happens when you have a goon doing it. You all bitch when the Hall of Famer did it too, so whatever. You are always gonna cry because your favoritist didn't get suspended or got suspended, and the other bad mean team didn't. And it's always those guys. That's because the league looks out for Tampa. Oh, like just you, you even listen to yourselves. Like go back and read your shit. Like you are a grown, like you are apparently a grown adult, and you write this stuff. This is, like an, this is like the kid that they show the video of at like the NCAA tournament who's like nine and his team loses and he's crying. That's what you guys are, but you're like 30 or in your 20s. Like you're pathetic. So they're your little, your number one, Red Wing number one jersey. And I'm sure, Olarko, oh, or I'm sure you have some nerd fucking nickname for him. Oh, player safety. Peros just doesn't get it. He's never looking after anybody. And this is why the league won't grow. And I'm done with this league. Oh, you're just done with it. But yet, oh, next game you tune in. You fucking sheep. Like, no oh, fuck. But yeah, players, uh, player safety my ass. And everybody, that's a sweet shirt. You know, I'll, fuck, you know how big of a loser you are to wear something like that? Oh. Like, hey, why not why not just wear a sign over your head that says I'm a whiny bitch? Oh my God. So there we go. Yeah. We got Reeves doing nothing. We got Larkin throwing that fury like left hand and player safety, my ass. Oh, and the other thing I want to talk about, I didn't have a, cause I always, like I said, I have a little sticky or a, you, uh, what do you call it? A sticky note pad in my truck and, as the week goes on, I write shit down and whatever, and that's what I got here in front of me. Just kind of bullet points. But one thing I didn't actually have written down, that sort of made the rounds. And I, I mean, and this is this isn't like this is new shit. This has happened at sporting events probably since the day of the dawn of man. But of course now there's just phones to record everything. But it's like these fights in the stands between these fucking, you ever notice it's always these losers wearing their fucking, their $300 jersey that they had to buy and whatever and, and, and oh, and it's just, just drunken buffoons that can't handle their alcohol and, and they, and the problem is, is like, like I saw, what was it the, the Nashville and Seattle fans fighting? Oh how pathetic it is! Three guys couldn't take out one guy. Like it's all just clown show shit. You know, all three, all four of you couldn't fucking whip cream with an outboard motor. But you know, here you are fighting like drunken buffoons. That's why I don't get you. Spend three hundred dollars on a fucking ticket, and then and then and drink and get drunk on fucking eleven dollar beers, and then oh we're gonna fight in the stands, and you know you don't want to rip that three hundred dollar Forsberg jersey, you geek. But Okay, but then like HockeyFights.com and fucking spit and shit. All these people retweet this and they talk about it. Like, why are you giving these fucking idiots any sort of publicity? Like, it's a bunch of fucking adult adult man children that can't handle their alcohol throwing pathetic punches. Like, why, why? Like, I don't get, is that, like, is this new thing to become the drunk buffoon? And, and then everybody's like, a bunch of people are like, promote, like, oh, that's savage. That's sick, bro. Yeah, you, you come to Smashville. This is what you get. Like, oh, yeah. And, it, it's, you, and you know who's tweeting that? Again, some goof from the safety of his couch that's never been to fight in his life. You come to Smashville. Oh, yeah. He's wearing his little Seth Jones third jersey. Yeah. I'm going to mess someone up next time. Oh, yeah. You know. Like, oh, God. Like, it's just that. I don't know. It's just so pathetic. It just. Really. Like, just go to the fucking game. Go team and then go home. Like, what are you doing? I'm going to fight somebody wearing a Seattle jersey in the crowd because he. Welcome to Smashville, bitch. <laughs> oh. You're so pathetic. So what? No, next game in Seattle. Yeah, if anybody shows up with a Nashville jersey, we'll get them. I'm like, well, we'll crack you, or I don't know what's the Kraken. God, what a terrible name. Cool jersey, though. But, yeah. So, man, children, fighting, and everybody's like, thinks it's cool. Like, oh, God. Like, that's where we are as a society. Yeah. What? Fuck. I don't know. A grown man mate wears a Philippe Forsberg jersey. Anyway, fuck. Anyway, now what? I'm at like the 36 minute mark. Hold on, I gotta dig up this. Now, uh... yeah, I have to. Uh, I have to dig up the uh, the best in the West poll here. Let's have a look. So this is the best in the West for 1989, 1990. All right. Well, so and like I said, this was um, how do they? This is the this is the second annual that they've done Yeah, Best in the West poll. It's focused on the Western Hockey League's Western Division. It brings together the opinions of players, coaches, and management from the Kamloops Blazers, Seattle Thunderbirds, Tri-City Americans, Spokane Chiefs, Portland Winterhawks, and the Victoria Cougars. Each club was sent forms and asked to fill out their top four choices in the respective categories but not to vote for anyone from their organization. This was done to prevent ballot stuffing. So I've, I've I've done a bunch of these. And like I said, this is like the most, um, I guess, honest, uh, ranking you're going to get because, uh, it's, and on, well, and most, um, most knowledge based anyway, because you're dealing with the players that actually played against these guys and, uh, and the coaches that coached against them. So, Uh, It's interesting, just kind of as I scroll this, uh, top 10, although arguments can be made against the validity of ranking the top 10, such as categories geared towards more forwards, but here we enjoy the statistics. So this is like the top 10 players in the Western Hockey League in 1989-90, as voted on by the players. Um, Number one was actually by quite a few, with 260, Len Berry of Kamloops, then Glenn Goodall, Travis Green, Stu Barnes, then Peter Nedved, uh, Daryl Sador. So there you go. That's pretty, pretty solid right there. It's interesting that a top rookie, um, Nedved was voted the top rookie. He played the one year in Seattle when he defected and I think he had like 60 some goals and, um, was, you know, top, was it top? Was he first or second? It was Owen Nolan. That was that huge draft year. The 90 90. Remember the old 90 91 scorecards, right? You're, you're trying to think. So Nolan was number one. Then Nedved, number three was, Mike Ricci four was Primo, five was Sador, I think or was it Yager? Yager was in there and then like Broder and Brad May and I mean it was such a it was such a draft that year. But uh, anyway, top rookie Nedved number two uh, Scott Niedermeyer, number three Brent Billado number four Scott Levins, number five Bill Lindsey. So um, yeah, I would say that is a very solid. Uh, rookie crop that, of course, went on to play all play in the NHL. So, um, although uh, maybe Billado didn't, but Bilodeau had a very solid minor league career. That's interesting. I think, well, again, was he probably taken by Montreal? I think so. Yeah, they always took these like big, West, tough Western kids and then just like ditched them. I, I never, I don't get it, but anyway. On to the fighters. Here we go. Toughest player. This category was closely contested with no one team dominating. Dominating by the selection of its players. Okay, here we go. Number one. the As voted on by the players and management in 1989-90 in the Western Hockey League Western Division from the Kamloops Blazers, the Cruz missile himself, Paul Cruz, was number one. Number two was the Chief Darcy Simon in Seattle. Number three, Trevor Buchanan in Victoria. Number four, the Viking from Tri-Cities, Glenn, Greg Spenrath. Oh, number five, Topper. Kerry Toporowski, of course, the following season was his Topper played two years in the Western League. This was this was kind of his rookie year. The following year is when he had the five hundred and five penalty minutes. But so number five was Topper. Number six, Steve Jiggs at Tri-Cities. Seven was Rob Sumner in Victoria. Number eight, Joey Middlestead from Clam Loops. Number nine, Mark Cipriano from Victoria. Uh and then number ten, former Joe former guest on Joe Lazito's show, Barry Dreger from Spokane. There we go. There there are your top top ten, as voted on by the players, toughest boys in the Western Hockey League and Western Division in 1989-90. So there you go. There's your best in the West poll for you, folks. I love those polls. I love going back. I'm so happy Jay found those. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's just like it's the time capsule, right? Um, speaking of which, this is something I want to throw at you guys. Um, I have some listeners that are, that are very interactive and send me a lot of stuff or like a lot of feedback and that type of thing. So I'm going to lay this guy, this one on you. Um, always trying to do something different in terms of like, yeah, you still do interviews and what have you, but, I, uh, you know, the, with the five toughest series, I like how it was kind of my way of getting the guys back on. And it's a shorter version to have them on. but do their five toughest opponents, you know, just recently had Chris McAllister on to do that. Um, uh, Jeff O'Dgers, Joey Tedaranko, McMorro, Mayrad, I've had them on to do their, uh, Josh Mazer. um, uh, I completely actually forgot Medicine Hat was in town. I should have uh, I should have uh, tried to go down there because as we know, Josh Mazer, former ge- former guest of the show, uh, is the new assistant coach of Medicine Hat. So I think Blades took a round on him last night. I think it was five nothing, but uh, yeah, it would. Uh, I, I didn't even realize Medicine Hat was coming. Um, but what was I saying? Oh, with the five toughest and stuff. Yeah, so do that. And it's, like I said, it's a way of having guys on and uh, repeat guests. And because uh, it's like, how how do you have them back on? And what, now, what do you talk about? Like we timeline their whole career. It's been a two hour interview. You know, what are we going to have them on talk about the weather? You know, so uh, I thought the five tough was kind of a cool idea. The idea that I'm throwing around now um, and it could all, see, this way I can incorporate fight fans into it as well. Because um, I mean, yeah, there'd be a different perspective, but they could also share some stories, especially guys from that region. Um, it's sort of, I don't know what to call it yet, maybe like a time time timeline or time capsule or what have you, Um, time something, whatever. Hey, if anybody out there has a name for this, let me know. Come up with a creative name. Um, And basically it's just when you take a season. Like say, okay, here, we'll take, yeah, we'll take the Western Hockey League from 1989-90 and we'll get a former like person that was around the league at that time or a player that played in the league at that time. And, uh, and we'll basically just not only talk about their team, but talk about the opposition. We'll talk about playing against Peter Nedven, what that was like in 60 gold. What was it like to play against Paul Cruz, you know, or Brent Billado, and, and, and just, but that year, not like, oh, down the line in Johnstown. Like, no, just that, we'll just keep it to that year and it'll just be like a timepiece. And, uh, I have a few guys in mind that I have an OHL player, um, you know, and have him on and, uh, talk about the yeah he played a few seasons but talk about the one year you know he went I know he played against Lindros and stuff so have that like just so we can kind of get like in a we'll get in the DeLorean and we'll go back and it'll be like okay what was it like at whatever 17 to play against uh, Eric Lindros who at that point was like the phenom and the next one and all the hype and all that shit what was it like to play against him and then also that, but then, you know, we'll go on to the other teams and this guy was a tough guy and this guy. What was it like going into that barn versus that guy? I don't know. It's an idea that I've kind of been spitballing around, and I think that'd be fun. And then, of course, I talked to to Jay out in Iowa, and you know, big UHL guy. Hey, there's another one. UHL Legends on Facebook. He puts up his pictures that he took from the uh, at the time at the Quad City games and stuff. And uh, definitely check that. He's got lots of great pictures. And if and if you see someone from that, or if you don't see someone from that time period that played, ask him. He probably got pictures of him. But um, but yeah, he's a big UHL guy. So maybe go back to. Uh, whatever 2000 2001 and as a fan we'll just talk about because he had season tickets or whatever what was it like when these guys came to town and what happened or was there any incidents and what was the what was the buzz like and that type of thing I don't know it's just something different um you know maybe I'll do a couple and they'll suck and no one will listen and we'll move on but I don't know I'm just trying to just try new stuff just different things um more so, and again, this goes back to what I was talking about before. When you can't get a guest on, like you can't get a new guest on to talk about their show, but I could, I could always get Jay on to talk about the Quad City team from '01. So then it's it's like I don't want to filler because that's sort of disrespectful. It's not like in a disrespectful way, but just always something because, like I said, getting guests is tough. And and if it's you know, you know, maybe this week we'll do a timepiece, and next week will be the five toughest or. Maybe, maybe we'll start including these, maybe not just rants on Sunday. Maybe we'll get the time piece on Sunday for a try. And then we'll do a rant next week or what have you. I mean, always trying to mix things up. Like I said, I'm just trying to give you guys new shit. Um, you know, always got to try to be new stuff. And like I said, to try to shake off the the, the boredom, not boredom, um, complacency, you know, and uh it's just something I'm throwing around. Like I said, I don't have any. I haven't done anything with anybody or anything concrete. I mentioned it to Jay yesterday. He thought the idea was pretty cool. I want to run it by you guys. You guys listening out there, send me some, if you're on social media, send me a private message. Just let me know, hey, I think that idea sucks. I think it'd be good. Hey, you should do this. Or I could come on. We could talk about the 95 Cleveland lumberjack. You know, I was a season ticket holder. You know, or whatever. You know, um, yeah. I know there's a certain dude in Fort Wayne that's listening right now that I'd like to get on for this. This would be cool. Here's your chance, man. You know, but, uh, you know, old Scotty Audi out there. But, um, no, and I, and I don't know. I I don't know. Wouldn't it be? I think it'd be kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's, that's just something I'm thinking about. We'll see. As the, <laughs> as the days and weeks and months drone on here. So, can't all be interviews, right? try something different like i said if it sucks and no one's interested you know it's not like oh we're married i'm married to the idea but i'd like to do a couple i think they'd be kind of interesting um again i but then at the same time i haven't really researched these so i mean maybe kind of do it no this is kind of boring you know so i don't know we'll see we'll see but uh well back to to the final um The final topic, of course, the the myth versus reality portion of the show. And as I said, uh, today's topic will be the famous playoff fight between Marty McSorley and Wendell Clark, um, which has been built up. And and it's funny, uh, even now, well, I remember what was 90, what was it, 93. So, I mean, even even the internet wasn't around then, but by the time it hit, you know, 98, 99, 2000, so that, you know, the fight's six, seven, eight years old. Um, it had already kind of been built up. Well, add, you know, 20 more years to that. And, uh, you know, it, you know, 30 year old fight. Uh, and when it's discussed now on Facebook, it's like I said, it was, uh, you'd think it was the greatest hockey fight of all time. And it was David versus Goliath, the rematch and, um, and, and all that. And, um, I, 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 will say, uh, Leaf fans have clinged to that fight for decades. um, Hey, and again, I'm, I'm impartial as it gets because I'm a huge fan of both guys. Hey, Wendell, Sassboy, I mean, come on. You know, I'm one of my favorite all-time players and, and Marty, one of my all-time favorite tough guys. And, uh, so I don't have any, I'm not for or I'm either of them. Um, you know, and, uh, so this is just as I see it as a, as a dude sitting on the fence in the middle. And, uh, you know, I have, even when that fight happened, um, I, I, again, I was watching it with Leaf fans and, uh, you know, they all jumped up and down and yelled and screamed that Wendell kicked his ass. And I was like, well, not really, but, um, okay. Well, fast forward 30 years later, Leaf fans are still jumping up and down over that fight. Um, so let's dissect it. Of course, um, hit YouTube as I'm talking here and, Clark McSorley, it'll be the first thing that comes up. And of course, I mean, I know everyone listening has seen the fight a hundred times. Um, go back and refresh again. And, you know, it's 15 seconds to hit it, hit refresh. And, uh, and maybe if it's been that long, or maybe if it's been decades since you've watched it, um, go watch it with older eyes and, uh, and see what you say. And, uh, you know, and impartial as well. Um, again, it's sort of, The main thing is, is just like, as I brought up in the Crowder fight, it's the theater of it, the visual. I've always said it, I mean, every, I mean, I know we're picking at nits here, and overall, this this shit doesn't matter, but just as fight fans, we're going to talk like fight fans do, right? In the grand scheme of things, I give a shit, whoever thinks, whoever won, I don't care, but, you know, and if you, oh, Wendell won, I'm not going to go on some, you know, 72 tweet back and forth with you debating who won the fight? I don't care. But, someone brought this up as a topic. Um, and I think I mentioned it in the crowd one, but it had been in my head for a bit. Um, so let's talk about it. Um, Alright. Again, I went back to YouTube. I watched this fight probably about five times yesterday. Um, actually, I was going to try to record this episode yesterday, but man, I couldn't get it out. But, uh, couldn't spit words out. But, um, I went back and watched the fight. Again, it's been years since I've seen it, but... Um, yeah, it was, it, again, it was pretty much how I, you know, I broke it down the f- first few times I watched it. And when we used to have the debates on the f- on the forums, it was exactly as I remembered. Um, again, I watched it again with, you know, <clears throat> eyes that were 20 years older. Uh, didn't have to, have to wear my glasses. I don't have to wear those when I'm driving at night. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, again, the theater of it, playoffs, Um, Marty throws the big hit on Gilmore, Um, Wendell comes in, lands the, well actually Marty lands the first couple, and then Wendell fires back with like four straight ones, and just like solid, lands them straight on, and and Marty just fucking takes them like the Terminator and keeps coming, I think at that point Wendell was like, oh shit, you know, Uh, because after that, it's all McSorley. Like Marty swings him around and, and, and beats on him for the rest of the time. And, uh, again, not severe beating, but he, you know, knock Wendell's helmet off. He lands some good shots, actually lands a really good uppercut while they separate. While they pull away from each other. Not when the refs were in there, but they kind of like, they're really in tight. And it's kind of the, the side noogie shots, back of the head shots. But when he kind of, Marty kind of can get separate, right? You sort of see daylight between the guy. Marty brings an uppercut, lands a solid one. Now, everyone has their way of, uh, judging fight. I'm talking from a neutral observer stance of judging fights. Some people are big, like, punch count people, like, it's box, compuware boxing. Um, other people are about damage. Um, you know, other people, it's whatever team they cheer for, you know, so however you, it's a tale of kind of two, two ways of looking at it, right? If you're a damage guy, well, then Wendell won. Um, actually there's three ways of sort of looking at it two if you're a punch guy it was all marty easily um if you're well, if you're about who controlled the fight who looked more dominant marty and if you know and 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 if you're yeah like you say if you're the punch guy you're Mar- it's marty or if you're the theater the visual is what i'm trying to say sorry i'm talking over myself here um if you're and if it's the visual thing it's it's Wendell um, so I think much too much has been made of the Marty bleeding. And of course, when he's going off, he puts his hand over the camera or whatever. Cause Marty knew, understood the theater of it as well. And, um, yeah, and that give, but those actions right there gave credence to Marty got his ass kicked. And if you want to say that, that's fine. But did he No. No, in fact, well, I wouldn't say he kicked Wendell's ass because Wendell was fine too, but uh, Marty outpunched him, took his best shots, kept coming, and, and basically sort of and controlled the rest of the fight. Um, so, on that sense, if you want to just a one on one who won the fight, Marty won the fight. Um, again, it wasn't like, oh, and it's, da- well, Darren, you said when Parker and McLaren fought and it's all damage. Well, McLaren missed weeks and weeks of the. Of the season after that fight, Marty didn't miss a game or anything. He it was just stitches. It's just a cut, you know. It wasn't like facial injuries or big, huge damage. It was a cut. That's it, you know. So, I, I, damage with air quotes, yeah. Getting cut in the fight with stitches and stuff. I'm, you know, when I say damage, I'm talking like orbital bone breakage and noses or you know, shit that'll put you out for a little while. You know, concussion. That's damage. And I cut it over the eyebrow, or I think, what was Marty's? It was, I think it was under his eye. Um, isn't fucking damn, well, I guess it's damage, but I mean, yeah, you know. So, and again, I'm not saying I'm trying to say this because, oh, you're, I'm more of a Marty guy. Like, no, I'm just saying it's just stitches. So visually, I get it. I get what people say it, but, uh, overall, it's like, if you got to pick a winner, that is Marty. Marty won the fight. So. If you're just if we're gonna just judge it by how we all judge fights for the most part, who dominate, who won, who out punched, who kind of dominated, Marty. So, but I will say I've I did actually learn something from watching those clips yesterday, or not learned, but just sort of noticed um, that Marty actually was the one that landed the shots first. I I thought Wendell the the first like kind of four shots right in a row. I thought those were the first. Those are the, the, the firing of the, the opening, the opening bout. Uh, but no, actually Marty was the one that landed the first couple shots. Um, so, um, yeah, so that was, again, you go back with, with fresh eyes. Um, but yeah, no, he took the shots from Wendell, kept coming and, uh, and Wendell fizzled out at that point. Again, it was at the end of his shift and what have you. So, I mean, obviously he was gassed, but, uh. You know, the one thing that never gets mentioned, and I mean, the, the Leaf fans listening will hit the roof, but, um, and again, a great player and everything and, and all that, but I, like, Gilmore was kind of a bitch. Like, like, yeah, Marty hit him up high and stuff, but he's lying there and he's looking over at the fight. These old, the trainers there and the, there's nothing wrong with him. And then he's up challenging the band. Like, what's he going to do? Like, Gilmore never fought. It used to drive me nuts when they used to call him killer, too. It's like, guy was, now he wasn't soft, because he took the abuse and kept coming and would get in there and dirty his nose and what. So he wasn't soft, but he was just like, you know, like, get up, man. Like, yeah, it was a shot. I mean, I guess you're trying to sell it to get the major on Marty or whatever, but it's just like, he's on his knees sitting there having like the perfect conversation with the trainer. And then all of a sudden he's up and over at the bench and everything. And it's just like, Oh, come on, man. Like, I don't know. I, Gilmore always used to bug me again. Great player, obviously. And whatever, but I was never a Gilmore fan, but it's just, and that watching it yesterday, it was just kind of like, Oh my God. Like, just get up. Like, come on. You yeah, know. And he's all crying to the ref. That's bullshit. He, you know, and whatever. And, yeah, but it was a high hit by Marty. Although I watched the replay like a bunch of times. I don't know if Marty, like, oh, it was an elbow. Wow, well, believe me, if Marty McStorley had elbowed him at full force, coming across the middle in the face, Gilmore would have been peeled up with a spatula. So I don't think Marty got him with the elbow. I think it was like, they kind of he went up high, but I think Marty's elbow missed him. And it was more body than anything. If anything, he might have got the wind knocked out of him. But he didn't elbow him. Because if he had elbowed him at that speed, he would have been out. Especially with Marty. Because, I mean, there's probably a 50-pound difference there. And Marty got a good piece of him at the blue line when he cut across. And, uh... But I don't think he... I think he was... I mean, he's probably trying to elbow him. But I don't think his elbow connected. Or, like... It was a grazing off the helmet shot because his helmet does go up and you know, but it wasn't a full on right in the face out because I was, of course, go read the comments of the fight video. Oh God, you know, you can imagine if that hit was thrown now. Holy, they get mad over clean hits. Shit. Could you imagine that hit? Oh my God. That's why I always laugh at Tom Wilson's a goon. <laughs> He's mean. Oh yeah. Okay. But, um anyway. I don't know, it was the most dramatic fucking myth versus reality, but uh, I encourage you guys to go back and check it out. Uh, it's an it's an interesting. And like I said, for maybe not for the newer list or for the younger folks, but for those of us that are listening that were around during the fight message board times, you know how much that fight was debated. And, uh, and even now, you see it now and again, it gets brought up. Like it'll get mentioned on Twitter or somebody will post a picture of it. Well, maybe actually as a social experiment, that's what I'm going to do. This is, I'm recording this Saturday afternoon. As soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to put a picture of that fight up. I'm not going to put any captions. I'll just put Clark versus McStorley, you know, and read the, and go read the comments under it. You'll see what I mean. But, uh, to this day, it's heavily debated fight. So I just wanted to talk about it. Like I said, somebody mentioned it to me and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, believe me, Parker and McLaren was the other heavily debated fight on on the old internet message board days, this one and that one. And I'm sure there's a few others that I'm forgetting, but, uh, Clark and McSorley and, and, and Parker and McLaren are the two fights that really stand out, um, in terms of debate on the message boards. So I wanted to talk about that today. So thank you very much for, uh, indulging me and, and listening to whatever this was. And, uh, yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. Uh, again, I really appreciate everybody tuning in. And uh, please, if you have feedback or you want to talk about anything that you, you'd like to, a guest, you want to be on the show, you have a guest for the show, an idea for the show, uh, please hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. Don't be shy. Um, if you're if you're not on social media, congratulations. You're smarter than the rest of us. Um, email me. And it's all one word. And it's the old Hotmail account. I love it. Hockeyfights at Hotmail.com. Just send me an email. And uh, I'd love to hear from anybody out there. And I've, I've actually been getting a lot of feedback lately, and it's been really cool. I love uh talking to you guys, and uh, and it's great to know that people are listening and and uh and are invested in it and uh taking interest, so that's cool. Um, what is this? Oh, the yappy tackle bell dog is out, yes. Things are uh things are afoot here, folks. Still, of course, well, I still haven't sold the condo. I thought we had a couple of good. Good leads and uh, they, they fell through, unfortunately. So that's been very frustrating. i Never thought it would take five months to sell a condo, but uh, here we are. And it's not like we live in the you know. It's not like and everybody said, oh, it shows really well. It looks great. No, we love it. Oh, they love the work done to it. But there's always the but. But hopefully, here soon. Only takes one, right? So, uh, but other than that, on a personal note, I actually applied for a, a new job to step up and do a supervisor role. I had the interview. Uh, the other day and uh, been a long time since I've done a job interview uh, you know I, I would say once you're in the car driving home you come up with the best answers but that was true this time um, but I know I, I you know I have the seniority it's a, like again it's a union job right so um, you know I, I think I got a pretty good shot at it um, I don't think I'm gonna get it but I uh, maybe um, we'll see but it was interesting and it'd be um, you know, it's, it's sort of in the same department. It's just, it's sort of just a step up, a little more responsibility, a little more money. Um, and so, just time for a change, kind of try to get out of the physical labor thing. And I don't want to say, oh, get it, a, a, you know, a, a, what well, it is, an office job, really, but you're still out and about. You're sort of whatever, but, um, there's no, uh, physical lifting. And, uh, you know, I said after, uh, 18 years, well, more than that, but in this last job in particular, basically 14 years of sort of repetitive lifting and everything else. Yeah, the the body's breaking down. So um, the sooner I can get into uh, sort of an office job, the situation where I don't have to lift shit anymore, the better. So uh, I think that'll help the body a little bit. But uh, everybody listening is like, we don't care. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of just talk about that. That's kind of what's going on in my life. But uh, in terms of if if I got the job, how that would affect the uh, podcast, it really wouldn't um, actually probably... I I was going to say it'd probably actually kind of give me some more time. Um, you know, it's still just a week. You don't work weekends and you know, I think you're, I think you're still done at four o'clock. So, um, yeah, not much would, would change with the show or anything. So, um, don't worry out there, fourth liners. You will still get your two, your two volumes per week, regardless of the new, uh, the new job or not. So, but anyway, that's just kind of what's going on here. Um, I was going to say the point of all that, whatever is, um, you know, between this, trying to keep this place clean, selling, uh, work, uh, I've worked every day. Although today I actually took off. This is my, we figured it out. This was my, this is my seventh day off since May. So, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying this Saturday of not doing anything. So, um, I will say, uh, to go back to the guests and the interviews and that type of thing. I know recently I had a kind of a run of like three or four shows in a row where it was just solo episodes. And I actually did get a couple, oh, are you doing interviews anymore? Like, no, I am. Um, but like, like I mentioned at the start of the show, it's tough getting guys sometimes. And of course, with you know, a lot of these guys have younger children or children that are involved in sports. And of course, the hockey season's kicking off, right? So, you know, they're at the rink every night and what have you. So yeah, tough getting dudes. So um, going forward, uh, you know, especially if I get the new job, um, there's a learning curve as well. So obviously it's work and that, that takes precedence over, uh, a podcast so uh, unless each and then we're going to pay me more uh, Until that day comes however work will overtake a podcast so um, There are some there are some things I need to learn on this job if I get it and that will be cutting into some time I'll still try to give you guys as many show quality shows as I can but I'm just letting everyone know ahead of time here that there could be some changes um, in terms of uh, Just time and that type of thing but we'll see We cross that bridge when we get there like I said they we find out late next week uh who got the job and what have you so uh in complete honesty I'm not trying to be the downer guy but uh you know and I always try to be glass half full but in actuality I don't think I got it uh there's a candidate there that's sort of been doing the fill-in role and uh I think she will probably get it um but who knows we'll see um but anyway um enough of that nobody cares But, uh, I'm just sort of I just want to lay that out for you to kind of let you guys know in the, going ahead. Like I said, I always try to be open with you guys, let you know what's going on and and that's what's happening. So, uh, yes. But in the meantime, that wraps up another Sunday episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. I always appreciate the feedback and, uh, and the show growing and I see it out there and I can see the download numbers improving and, uh, climbing and, and like I said, you guys, you listeners—I've said this a million times—you guys are the, are the are our advertising vehicle. So tell your friend, retweet it, share it on Facebook. Um, if you have an old, if you talk to a friend that used to like old time hockey, tell them about the show because um, it's listener-driven, and uh, I rely on you guys to be my advertising. Unfortunately, I, I really wish I had some vodka to sell you with my name on it, but I don't. So I need you guys to uh, to be my voice out there. And, it, and I know a lot of you really pump the show up and pump the tires and spread the word. I I I can't even tell you how grateful I am for that. So um, I always say it's the show for the people. And uh, it's your guys' show. It's the fourth liner show. So um, share it. Let a friend know. It's greatly appreciated. But uh, let's get out of here. Sunday, let's go watch some NFL games. And uh, hopefully I can uh, finish. <laughs> stay out of the basement in the football pool. And, uh, all right, guys, I will talk to you all on Wednesday. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?